Hello there, this is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Please turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Philippians 4, 4. The title of my short exhortation today is Increasing Your Capacity Through Gratitude. Through Gratitude. There are some people that don't know how to praise God, how to show or express their gratitude. When you learn to say thank you for yesterday, you'll get more. The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. What does the word mean there? Always means always, all times. Then he said, again, I say, rejoice. The first key to increasing your capacity as a person is to maintain a sense of appreciation and gratitude. It's to maintain a sense of gratitude. And the word maintain is used here advisedly. It's not just to develop it. Many people have found out actually had a sense of gratitude at the beginning. But because growth at the court, because you see, this doesn't affect young people. Children, particularly children, children have a sense of gratitude. They appreciate everything you give to them. But as we begin to grow, we begin to think little of what people do, we begin to weigh it. We begin to have a sense of entitlement. Maintaining a sense of gratitude is the key to building capacity. You could not have come this far in your life without having a sense of gratitude. There are things God gave to you. When you were nobody, when you were little, remember God even had to say this to Saul. He said, when you were little in your own eyes, I made you king. When you were hiding behind the straw, when you were thinking you were not worthy to be a king, I made you king. It was not your height that made you king. My dear friends, there is nothing you have today that really you have because God gave it to you. There are many of us, when we, when we felt, you know, this is what I say to young people. The day you were going to propose to that woman, if you did, you went on your knees. You took her to some kind of mountain somewhere, hanging one leg here, and said the other leg would drop if you don't say yes. <laughs> now you married the woman, now you do not value her anymore. The day you were going to get that job, you fasted, you prayed. You said, God, if you gave it to me, ah, I will serve you. Now you got it. You became the Lord of the manor. There are many things that we started with God, but because we have received it now, we become big boys now. Maintaining a sense of gratitude is the key to building capacity. Always learning how to say, thank you, Jesus. I give you praise, Jesus. I thank you for what I have, Lord. I don't deserve any of the blessings in my life. Lord, it is you. I give it back to you. Then you got some kind of job now. You don't have time to call on that God anymore. You don't have time to serve God. You don't have time. You become big. Some of us have been through some kind of challenges. Need. I don't know what kinds of needs. Say, God, if you can take me through this. And you knew how appreciative you were. In fact, your thanksgiving was the loudest in the city. You had cars hired. You had everything. But after that, they go, what happened? You forgot the place where you started. 
You forgot your first love. The God who you will not take a step without calling on first. Minister Falabi bless us with some things which he called the four Ds. Drainers of capacity. Many of us don't understand that why we are thinking about how to build it. We are forgetting about how it's wasting. Even the one you are building, how it is being drained. And we are wondering, God, but all the things I'm doing, how come, how, what's going on? And I like those four Ds because as he shared his word with me and the message with me this morning, and I said, this fits in squarely with what I prepared to share with us. Because many of us need to address those four Ds ongoing, consistently. He told us the force of those drainers of capacity is dividends. In other words, timidity, the lack of courage. I don't think I have the confidence to build this capacity. I can't go that far. I know people who didn't think they can graduate, that they are doctors today. I know people who didn't think they are up to a particular thing and they broke their own personal best record. But when you have low self-esteem, it disallows you from building capacity. And then the second thing which he shared with us was despair. And this is when you have a sense of hopelessness. I know people who have done their professional exams and they failed it once or twice and then they didn't try anymore. Once I had a brother that failed about two, three times and said, you know what, I'm tired. I'm not doing I said, no, you are not tired. You will do it again. And today he's a chattered person. Failing is not the problem. It's what you do with the failure. A sense of despair, does, you know, it makes some people to think, I don't have the capacity to build. Why should I try? You people are going to laugh at me. Another thing which he shared with us was discontentment. When I am not happy with what I have, I have a sense of the fact that there's a bitter indignation thinking I've been unfairly treated. You don't have the desire to build because I think I know what age I was when I got married. And my two sisters behind me got married and now they have about four children. Why should I thank God? Why should I praise God? Why should I bother increasing my service to God? Why should I build my capacity when I know what age I am and where my mates have gone? You see, when you have that kind of sense, you don't even have any desire to do nothing. It drains your capacity. These are drainers of capacity. And the last D, which he shared with us, is to have a disdain. And this is a sense where you just feel that I am above something. It's excessive pride. Why should I bother to build my capacity when I know who I am? You know what? Everybody is talking about lifting weight of 60 kg. 60 kg is too small. When you reach 120, call me. <laughs> call me. People don't build capacity. You're only talking about Europa League. Call me when you want. You got there. You didn't get it. Okay, let's leave those people alone. Some people don't build their capacity because of the sense of pride. Because their mouth is bigger than the head. I know individuals who could have built houses while they were renting very expensive houses because they want to live in a particular postcode. I would only buy a house close to Westminster because that's where the best schools are. That's where the best, I can put my children in the right school. I can go to the right, everything, the amenities. Have you been to the West End? That's where I belong. That's where my children belong. But you can buy cheaper ones in Dag. Dag what? God forbid. I will buy a house in this western. I'm ahead, I'm not retail. And they will rent house till they retire. 
Because they have a sense, they will not build the capacity to start from that low state. So no matter what God is doing in their life, they can't say thank you. They can't appreciate it. And if somebody is thanking God beside them, they think, oh, is that what you are thanking God for? Wait for the big things. I'm coming very soon. When last did you come? There is a story in the Bible that sums all this up. And I want to share that story with you. It's in Luke 19. From verse 13, the Bible says, So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, Do business or occupy it till I come. You notice that whatever God gives to you, he expects you to stretch it out. So that's the thing you should first of all bear in mind. But his citizens hated him. You see that word there? They hated him. So you can see the despair. You can see discontentment is already there. So people that hated him are never going to build capacity. So he sent a delegation after him saying, well, we don't have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded that these servants to be brought to him who had given money. So he called to them. He said that, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then the first came saying, Master, your mina had earned ten minas. And he said to him, well done. Say to your neighbor, say well done. Well good done. servant. I pray that's what God would say to you. Say so, well done, good servant, because you were faithful in very little. Have authority over ten cities. And the second came saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you have authority over five cities. Something which I might not come back to. Notice something. All of them were given the same thing. Everybody had one pound. When you read this in King James Version. Everybody was given the same thing. But then they came back with increase. The first came with ten. The second came with five. Until this other guy, twenty. Another came saying, Master, here is your mina. Which you have kept and put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you. Because you are an austere man, you collect what you did not deposit. You reap what you did not sow. This guy, he has it in for his master. And he said to him, out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. Now let's stop there. This parable is different from the other ones which the man gave, gave his servants, gave five, he gave three. And he gave one. This is different. In this one, he gave them all the same. Now, why did I point out the difference? Sometimes, some of us feel that, oh, if the narratives were different, the outcome would be different in terms of, oh, you know what? Give me that head start. You will see what I will do. Even if you were given the same start, and you didn't change you, you will still have the same result. There are many people who feel, the problem, Pastor, I had you. Everything you are saying is true about my wife. If you change my wife, I will have a different result. It is my husband. Change my husband. No. Even with another person, which God forbid, you will still have the same result. Have you not seen people who are married three times? And I'm not having a go at anybody's divorce. But I'm trying to say, everybody will think, I mean, somebody's married three times. So the first is bad. The second is bad. The third is bad. I guarantee you, seven times it will still be happening. That's the truth. Not somebody passed away, but divorced because that person is bad. That person is bad. It is a question of what am I looking for? What am I changing? What do I need to change inside me? 
The first key here is to have a sense of gratitude. Now, to do this thing, there are five things that must be in place. Number one, see God always in who you are. No matter what's going on about you in your life, see that you are not different, you are not apart from God. See God in who you are. Your identity must remain hidden in God. Don't detach it. You see, the moment we begin to detach ourselves, we have taken out the source of our strength. The first thing that happened when you got saved is what Christ came and he made abode in your heart. And he doesn't intend to leave. So don't see yourself detached. The Bible says in Galatians 2, verse 20, it said, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. He said, and the life which I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Don't see yourself different from him. John 14, 20 tells us, At that day, you will know that I'm in the Father, you in me, and I in you. You will know that there is no difference about you and me. So, you see, if God is in me, if I'm in him, then no matter what I'm going through, we're going through it together. I can increase my capacity to know that I'm not alone. Moses said, we will not go unless you go with us. Ephesians 3.17 says, That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you being rooted and grounded in love. Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Why is this important? Because if Christ does not dwell in your heart, a point comes where your heart begins to separate itself from Christ. And then you begin to think, well, <laughs> this is me. I am on my own. I can do this thing. I have my own plans. Friends, the reason why there is this issue between us and God many times is we feel that, you know what, God has his plans, I've got my own plans. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love God. Yeah, I appreciate God. But there is no you without God. You cannot build capacity when you separate your identity from God. Number two, see God always in where you are. See him in where you are. Whatever your role, whatever your position, you must always know that it's with you. This is a thing that you must settle in your heart. Now, what do I mean? You can't believe that God is where you are if you don't trust him. If you don't know that he has plans for you. You must see God in where you are. This servant that we read about, he didn't see the master where he was. He rather saw the master is there and I am here. You are an austere man. You are a wicked man. You sow where you don't reap. You are separate. I am over here. But you know, if you know that I'm in this business, Christ is in it with me. I am in this place, Christ is in it with me. You will know that, you know what, I can do all things. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. It says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. Now, that's the promise of God. But somebody said, but pastor, that's exactly why I'm not thanking him. I don't feel like the head. I feel like the tail. But you understand that Joseph was in the prison. That could be like the tail. But the Bible says that God was there with Joseph. So, when you even think you are like in a place called tail, God has designed it that that place is supposed to be transformed. Are you following me now? Because God is there with you to turn it around for victory. Christ was born in a, in a manger. But because God was there with him, that manger turned out to be the place of glory. 
no matter where you are, you can build capacity if you know that Christ is there with you. If you know that God is there with you. The key to building capacity is not to wait until I come out of this place. Then I will begin to thank God. Thank him now. Even in that place where you are. Praise him. Bless him. Lord, I thank you for where I am. When you are still in that little room, begin to thank him. Fill, Fill that room with praise. When you are walking and taking the bus and the rain is coming, bless him. Know that God, I thank you for this walk. I bless your name because we are walking to somewhere glorious. I thank you, Lord, for where I am. I thank you for, because God is with me. He is with me. So you thank him for whatever role you play. Don't wait until, you know, then my, la- my praise will be loudest because I have been given a po- position. You have a position right now. That position is in Christ. So you can praise him. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, The eternal God is your refuge. You see that? He's your refuge. And underneath you are his everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy before you and he will say, destroy. So everlasting arm is underneath you. So you cannot be different from God, my friends. See him where you are. Number three. See God always in what you have. In what you have. So the first thing we're talking about is see God always in you, in who you are, in where you are, and in what you have. There is nothing I have that I have not received from him. See him in what you have. Know very well that if I have this little in my hand, God is in it. So he took the bread. The bread that seems little, the loaf. The fish that seems insufficient. The Bible said he, lift, he lifted it up to heavens. And he said, Lord, I thank you. You didn't find Jesus Christ moaning or complaining. He didn't feel a sense of discontentment. He didn't feel the Father, well, Father, why would you put me in this position? And you brought all this crowd to me. See him in what you have. Believe that God is able to do it. Believe that what you have, if God will blow over it, it will increase. Amen. Bless God for the marriage you have. Don't look over the fence for that person's marriage. Bless him for the relationship he gave to you. Bless him for the health you have. Know that with whatever God gave to you, he's in it with you. Amen. So see God in what you have. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 14. He said, but I am. Sorry, he said, but who I am? This is Solomon speaking. He said, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as these for all things come from you and of your own we have given you. I love that scripture. All things come from you of your own we have given you. My friends, anytime you give anything to God, it's not yours. God only made you and I trustees of his true riches. Your health is not even yours because your breath is not yours. Our times are in his hand. So anything that you think you have today that you want to sit on and you are canning it until you learn to say, God, I give it to you. Take preeminence. If you don't ask him to take preeminence and something happens to that thing, now why ask God to fix it? Solomon with all his riches. I love what he said. Now this is the man that we are talking about that has built so much capacity. He didn't say, my wisdom brought all this. He said, of your own, we have given to you. Of your own. Everything belongs to you. Psalm 24 tells us, 
that the earth is the Lord. And what? The people and the fullness, everything within it is all the Lord. The fullness of it belongs to God. The earth is, now which earth have you produced or created? The Bible says in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8, this is a lovely scripture. It said the silver is mine. The gold is mine. See the Lord. Anytime you have to argue with God again, remember who owns it. We forget the days that we survived over little bit in our hand. The little you have, keep thanking God for it. Number four, see God always in what you are assigned to do. This man that was given this talent, he didn't see God in what he was assigned to do. He just thought, well, this man has set me off to fail. You were given a project at work, you didn't see God in it. You were given a, a contract to fulfill, you didn't see God in it. See God in what you are assigned to do. Know that whatever is given to you to do, God will give you the grace to make it to happen. Those other people that came back with results, they saw God in what they were assigned to do. They had one mina, they went, one traded with it and got ten more. And if I have time, I will talk about that when next I come. But very important. Why did one produce ten, one produce five? And what's the link between that particular parable and the one which we are familiar with? I'll get to that next time. So, see God in what you are assigned to do. The scripture tells us, John 8, 29. He said, he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things which please him. You know, if there's anything that has been a strength to us in this ministry, is knowing fully well that we might not be the smartest, we might not be the strongest, but he called us out and he's with us. Amen. That is one thing that makes me to sleep well. I have never presented us as, oh, the best church in town. No, 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 no. The smartest people, no, 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 no. The most educated, no, 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 no. But one thing we know is in what we do. Now, if God is in what you do, my friend, you cannot fail. Because God is not a failure. See him in that relationship. See him in that appointment. See him in anything he has called you to do. Whatever you are assigned to do, God is in it. Now, friend, if God is in it, you will be able to understand that I can do better. Because the ability to build the capacity is not with you. John 9, 4 tells us, I must walk the walk of you who sent me while it's day. For the night comes when no man do any work. Number five, see God always as whom you will get your reward from. The reason why we can maintain gratitude and we must maintain it. If we understand that, you know what? My employer is not the one that will reward me. My pastor is not the one that will reward me. This servant in this story, he didn't see him as a rewarder. He actually saw him as a, a wicked person. My friends, your capacity will be built when you know that he will reward me. He will make you to work better. Because the assessment of God is better than man. These five sub-points are under my first point, which is what I said. Maintain a sense of appreciation. But what I said about my point two, which is why I was rushing to it because of time. Engage your mouth with joyful praises. You can build capacity when your mouth is full of praises. When you are a person that rather than condemning, rather than complaining, you are actually praising. Praise God. Thank God. Wake up every morning. 
Even when you had pain in your body, when your hand, one hand, hand is hanging over there, or something is, uh, you're in a hospital bed, just wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for good health. Doctors, nurses will wonder, are you okay? What are you thanking God for? What are you praising him for? I thank you, Jesus. There may be tears running to your eyes, but you are thanking him. You are blessing him. Why? Because rather than amplify the problems, amplify your praises. You build capacity. Not by focusing on the negatives. Build capacity because God is, is an expert in using the little. Amen. He is able to use the little you have. As long as there is breath in you, there is hope in you. Amen. That's why the apostle said rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18, he says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything. He did not say for everything. There are times that bad news will come. Yes, that, that's the reality of life. Christians, we are not immune against bad news. But what we are guaranteed of is the bad news, we turn it around, we spin it on his head. Amen. Amen. Are you following what I'm trying to say now? You thank God that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. You change that situation. You don't begin to cry like he has no God. The scripture tells us there is a time to laugh, there is a time to cry. But you understand that you will keep on laughing, amen, even through crying. He said when they cry and they call upon me, I will answer them. I pray that the Lord will turn around your tears into tears of laughter, tears of joy in the name of Jesus. The apostle did not say we should be happy at all times. At times we might not be happy because of something that happened, because of some news we have heard. But through that unhappiness, understand that unhappiness is not what is meant for you. Joy is your portion. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 22. It said, let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving. So every time we talk about thanksgiving, it's a sacrifice. It's not just a sacrifice, but we just say, Lord, I thank you. Most of us, we want to do that, but you see, do not fool yourself. Thanksgiving is not just, Lord, I just thank you. There is a sacrifice involved in thanksgiving. There is a stretching. There is a breaking. There is a giving that is involved in thanksgiving. This afternoon is an opportunity for every one of us. It's not because I have a special thanksgiving. It's not meant for those who have got special thanksgiving only. It's for everybody. A good church provides opportunity every now and then for thanksgiving, for stretching, for stretching. We are training you to be faithful to God. When we talk about thanksgiving, it's not an ordinary offering which you do every week. He said there is a sacrifice of thanksgiving that declares the work of his hand. The Bible says in Psalm 50 verse 14, he said, offer to God thanksgiving. It's not making a suggestion. It's a command. Offer to God thanksgiving. And pay your vows to the Most High. Vows are actually some things that many of us make when we are in a situation or when we want to break a particular level. But many of us quickly forget it when we come into a time of ease. Because there is no God coming physically to knock us on the head. But I want to encourage you today. You must understand that in giving, we offer to God our thanksgiving. 
When we offer thanksgiving, we do not offer it to man. You don't take your thanksgiving or your vows and give it to a man of God. You don't do it in anything. No, no, no. You offer it to God. We offer our thanksgiving to God on special days, special moments, special instances. As I'm going to give us a minute, the two things I want us to do. Number one is for us to be able to thank God today that we are ease. Is to thank him for what he gave to us. The Bible says he called his servants to himself and he gave them minas. What is it today that you want to thank God for? What's in your hand? Thank him for it. Because there was none of them that left his presence empty-handed. So you want to thank him today for what's in your hand. You want to thank him for what's in your hand. You want to bless him for your salvation. Thank him for your salvation. Thank him for your forgiveness. Thank him for the mercies of God upon your household. Thank him that you have breath in you. You can thank God. Because it means you are alive. It means you are not dead. It means God is talking to you. And this is a good day for you to say, Lord, I want to thank you. I may not even have appreciated you, you know, but you can increase your capacity today. Every time you learn to say thanks, you open a door for another. I don't want you now to thank him for the plans he has for you. So that I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the thoughts of good and not of evil. He had a reason when he gave you one mina. He had a reason. Who would have known that your one mina would lead to 20 cities? Who would have known? From one mina to he gained 10. And from the 10 again, he gave him another 10. Can you imagine that? Look at that ratio. From 1 to 20. Just because you had the right perspective of God. And as I'm speaking to you now, I can guarantee you the devil is saying his own too. He said, no, you are smart. It was your business plan that made it to be so. Really? I guarantee you that better people had better plans. It didn't work out. They didn't live to see it. So thank him that what he placed in your heart is working. That's it. That is in your plan. It's in your project. It's working through you. Go ahead and give him thanks for that. And lastly, you now want to say to him that, Lord, as I offer my thanksgiving today, as I offer my sacrifice today, accept it. As I offer my sacrifice to you today, accept it, oh God. Let it be from my heart, integrity of my heart, accept it. That's why you will not offer God a lie. Offer him from your heart. When we do the right thing, God does much more than you can even think or ask. The servant that brought 10 had no expectation that another 10 will come. He had no plans. He just thought to say, okay, well done. But he got 10, and on top of 10, he got one more. That one more carried the capacity for another 20. The one that was taken from the unproductive servant. Which I had time to teach you on this principle of prosperity. Father, we thank you and we bless you today. We give you thanks for what you're about to do. This is a turning moment as you are building great capacity in this house. You spoke to me that time has come. You said time has come. And I thank you, Lord, because as many that will latch on to this message, Lord, you will shock them and surprise them. Capacity beyond imagination, what you are about to do. We give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. 
Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. We'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message. Please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.